We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey! Roto-Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. Let's go! The Morning Grind, Stevie, TPFL, and company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie, TPFL. It's Wednesday, it is March 6th, it's 2019, and we have 10 basketball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my bearded brother, Grant. How are you doing, my friend? Uh, Not too bad. Night should be slightly profitable. Things could have gone better. I definitely had way too much boost, but uh, had all the right pieces, just some of the wrong lineups. Should, Should end up okay, though. We're still waiting on the Warriors game to end, but that looks like it's pretty much done for already. Yeah, not going to be a profitable night for me. Um, <laughs> I, um, I, my, my wife's niece—I guess she's my niece now too—turned 16 today. So we went and had dinner at their house, and they don't have um, cell service out there. And I didn't even think about it until about 6:30, and I was like, "Oh, that's not good." So. Couldn't adjust anything and uh, ended up playing Schroeder and uh, Marcus All, even though probably shouldn't have been playing either one of those guys with the news. So, just a lesson to be learned. You know, if you have stuff going on and you are not able to adjust lineups, it might be not. It might not be the best night to play DFS. <laughs> yeah, do they not have Wi-Fi? They do, but I felt kind of like it's her 16th birthday. Do I really want to be on the Wi-Fi and? Um, you know, be adjusting lineups and stuff. So like, and there was a lot of family there. So like, I didn't even, I didn't even ask. If, if I was giving birth to my first kid and I had some lineups going, I asked the hospital Wi-Fi just in case, but you're a better person than I apparently. Well, I, it's not like I had a ton in play. I didn't play on DraftKings or FanDuel. I had the listeners league and some action over there on fantasy draft. So it was like 
like 150 bucks. And I'll just make it back here on this Wednesday slate. That's all. So if you guys haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over there, check them out. It's fantasydraft.com. Sign up through the Rotor Grinders links. That way, if you have any promos that we do with Fantasy Draft, you get access to them. If you want to play in the listeners' league, the link is in the comment section of the podcast. It'll be there as soon as this podcast is up. It's already sent to me. So, and if you missed the news yesterday, all weekly contest winners will play in a game on Monday, March 11th, and then the five winners from that will play Wednesday, the 13th, and we'll find out who our king of the weeks are and king of the month is. Um, you know, to get some tickets and you know get some recognition here on the podcast, and we'll we'll talk about it for sure. So if you haven't checked out Fantasy Draft, check them out. Bunch of stuff going on. NBA, they got some PGA stuff up. They got some NHL stuff up, and I'm sure they'll have baseball stuff up here very soon. Grant, a lot of games here. Let's get started. We get started with Miami at Charlotte, 219.5 total here. Charlotte favored by 1.5. 1.5 in this game. Gordon Drogic is out. Um, I had no real other injury news from the Miami side of things. What are we looking at here on the Heat? I mean, this, there's a few good games on the slate and a few injury situations that we're looking at. So a lot of these plays may just be completely done for if we get certain injury news. But as of right now, I mean, Whiteside pretty much always in play if he ends up getting the minutes. Obviously, I don't think he got the start in the last game. He's been out for a while, and I don't know if that'll happen. Um, so Whiteside is in play for tournaments, but not really a fantastic play. Winslow's been playing well lately, and with Dragic out, he should see a full allotment of minutes here. I like Winslow. He's not the best play on the slate, but he's definitely very much in play. Um, depending on the Whiteside situation, Bam or Kelly could be – very much in play here, and you can keep uh, – if Bam's going to get the minutes, you can keep playing him here. Uh, Wade, pretty much always in play on any given night because he's going to get 26 to 30 minutes here, and most of the time he's going to end up in the mid-30s, maybe more. So I like Wade here, but there's a few other better plays that are much cheaper here. So the guy that really just stands out to me is Winslow in this matchup. Yeah, if Whiteside doesn't start, I don't think you can play him. You know, he only played 15 minutes off the bench the other night, and it, it seems like they're going to be kind of careful with him minutes-wise until he gets back here. So um, you got to watch the it, the lineup situation there. Like you mentioned, Winslow has been playing really good. I don't know necessarily if he has a massive ceiling at 6,300, but he's certainly in play, like you said. And then, um, you know, I, I've talked about Dwayne Wade a lot. I wish he was a little bit cheaper, but, you know, he's going to have low ownership in this matchup. So, uh, obviously, I don't hate him here in his going away tour. Um, and, and then Kelly Olenek lost minutes the other night with Whiteside back, and uh, Bam ended up playing only 20 minutes. So, I think on a 10-game slate, I'm going to stay away from this front court situation and, you know, maybe look at Winslow and Wade, and that's kind of it. Let's talk Charlotte. You know, we look at it, and on the Charlotte side of things, like we've seen some big games out of Kemba recently. Um, is there any interest here in the Charlotte side of things? I mean, not terribly. I mean, Kemba's a guy that I'll play in pretty much any given matchup here, but this is not a great matchup. They don't have a huge implied total here. Kemba can obviously go off, but it's an 11-game slate, and you're likely going to find other guys in close to the same price range that are going to end up doing better. So I don't think there's a real need to use him here. Zeller... He's been playing well lately, but I don't know if I really want to use him either. Again, I said there's a lot of guys that should be on the cheaper end based on injury news, so I doubt Zeller make it into any of my lineups. This isn't the greatest matchup either. 
Batum, I do have some interest in. He's just been playing so well lately. Like, obviously didn't play great the last game. But the minutes are absolutely there, so there should be a floor. This isn't a great matchup, but I don't think that really matters too much for him. The shots have been there. Everything's kind of been there for him. And his price hasn't fully adjusted for what his ceiling is and basically what his floor is. So Batum's really the only guy that I will probably end up rostering from the Charlotte team in this matchup. Yeah, Batum's a guy that I've been playing a bunch. Um, I don't really love Cody Zeller here. His minutes have kind of been all over the place with fouls and stuff like that. So uh, I do like the Batum call, and I don't mind Kimba in tournaments at 8,300. I think there's some upside at that price, but we're going to talk about some other guys um, that are, are, are just as good here. So uh, anything else from the Charlotte side? No. All right, moving on. Dallas at Washington, 231.5 total here. Washington favored by five in this game. Uh, really, the only injury news, J.J. Barea is still out, um, and then the guys for Washington that's been out. So let's talk um, Dallas here first. Um, you know, a guy that we've been playing quite a bit recently is Dwight Powell. His price is starting to catch up with the production, but draws a very favorable matchup here uh, against, you know, a Washington team that, you know, we, we can attack centers against this team. You know, big men against this team. You know, what are we looking at here with Dallas? I mean, Luca's the guy that immediately jumps off the page here. Just uh, he hasn't done great the last two games, so I don't know how high his ownership's going to be. And his price isn't terrible right now, but it's not great. But when you consider the matchup and the total here, um, I think he's absolutely in play here. He's nine one. I think he can actually exceed that price tag pretty easily here in this type of match. I mean, Washington's just terrible on the defensive end, and uh, it's going to be a high-scoring game here. So Luca's in play, pal. Like he's been playing well enough lately, and the price tag has come up here. But I think some people will jump off at this spot. But even at fifty nine hundred, a matchup against Washington is more than good enough for me. I'll go on Powell. Um, outside of that, maybe you can take a shot on Brunson. It's a great matchup, and obviously the last two games are blowouts, and he could end up with some extended run here. He's cheap enough where I think that you can take a shot on Brunson. But there's going to be four or five other potential guys at around 3,300 to 3,400, 3,500, who could potentially be better than him. But if injuries play out a certain way, then I'll probably end up be rostering some Brunson here in this matchup. But it, it's mostly Powell and Luca. Yeah, Powell, I think I'm going to continue to play him. I don't think he's expensive enough for this matchup against Washington. So, yeah, I like that. Um, kind of on the fence about Luca. They've gotten blown out in the last two games against Memphis and Brooklyn, so I think that had a lot to do with him not having big games the last two games. So if that does lower his ownership and we haven't projected pretty low ownership, I think you could certainly look at him here. You know, the other side of this game, though, I, I think I don't like Luka because I like Bradley Beal. Um, you know, he's $700 more. Washington has the highest implied team total on the slate. And we know this offense runs through Bradley Beal. Um, you know, he's a guy that's put up at least 50 fantasy points now in eight out of the last 10 games. I know he's 9,800, but, you know, he's certainly a guy that's been hitting those hitting those shots recently. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy, I mean, I want to say kind of hard and light-esque. Uh, he doesn't really do bad in games anymore. He only either crushes or kind of crushes. And so even he's though you're paying a high price tag, you're getting a decent ceiling and a very good floor here. Um, there's enough value on the slate where I'm going to be pretty close to locking in Beal, depending on how things turn out. So Beal is very much in play here. 
Portis, I mean, you got some upside here. I'm going to end up rostering a little bit of Portis here because you got 40 plus point upside in any given match. But Dallas is not really a bad matchup. The total is high. Sadoransky's fine. Ariza's fine. They're not going to make it into my, any of my builds in all likelihood, though. Parker is worth a GPP flyer in probably like 5 to 10% of your lineup if you're mass multi entering, just because he can put up 40 points in any given matchup here. But Beal is by far number one guy I'm looking at here and one of the best payups on the entire slate. And Portis and Parker are definitely worth some cheap PV shots. Yeah, we talk about Parker all the time. You know, he could go for nine or, or 40. So always a straight tournament play is Jabari Parker. Um, certainly don't mind Bobby Portis here at 6K. You know, he's a guy that has 40-plus point upside. So um, that's kind of it. Let's move on. We got Minnesota at Detroit, 224 total here. Detroit fair by four and a half. Nothing really on the Minnesota side outside of Covington, who is not expected to play here. Um, and, you know, on the Detroit side, Zaza is doubtful. Not that it makes a huge difference. Um, let's start with Minnesota. What are we looking at here on the Timberwolves on a back-to-back? Yeah, the back-to-back's a little bit worrisome. And I kind of want to be interested in Teague here by playing 33 minutes last night. I'm a little bit worried about that. Uh, everything stands out as great. Obviously, Detroit's terrible against the one, but Teague, like at 5,300 in this type of matchup, even on a back-to-back, could potentially offer a whole lot of upside here. So he's on my radar. Towns, I'm a little bit worried about on a back-to-back. Um, like, obviously, the last time he did this, it was a much tougher matchup, and he still ended up putting up 70. So at this point, I think I'm going to end up just playing cat a little bit in my lineups just because of the potential upside here. Gibson and Sarek, I feel like either one of these guys could get a little bit extra run with the two bigs that are out there in Detroit. Um, both their prices tags are appealing, but they haven't really gotten there too much lately. But if they get a little bit extra run, especially on a back-to-back where Towns might not get a full allotment of minutes, I could see them beating value. But, yeah, nothing really stands out to me horribly just strictly because of the back-to-back. Well, I know one thing that stands out to me, and that was Wiggins was really disappointing on um, Tuesday night. So, and, and I hate playing Wiggins. I talked about it yesterday. I hate playing Wiggins. I hate playing Wiggins. The matchup and the numbers said play Wiggins, but nothing really standing out to me here outside of maybe taking a shot on Jeff Teague if we know he's good to go on a back to back. But yeah, like Minnesota, there's just nothing that's like. I have to have this guy. It's jumping off the you know sheet. They have the third lowest implied team total. It's three points lower than their season average, which is the biggest downgrade bump on the slate. Um, and this pace is projected to be pretty slow. So for me, I just I probably won't end up on anything here on the Minnesota side, especially on a back to back. Yeah. And now like three players are going to get ruled out, and we're going to be talking about Minnesota all day. Um, Detroit side of things, what are we looking at here on the Pistons? Drummond, Griffin, maybe you can take a shot on Kennard or Jackson, but it's a big slate. I don't really want any of them outside of Griffin and Drummond just for their potential upside, but this doesn't stand out as a real great spot when you consider their price tag. It's just they have upside in pretty much any matchup, so I'll take a few shots on them maybe, but this is not – I don't really want to roster any Detroit players. Yeah, this game kind of is not like my favorite game on the slate. Um, you know, 
Blake and Drummond are always interesting tournament plays. They always have upside. I I think that I would probably end up on Blake in this matchup over Drummond, just taking a little bit of a discount. But outside of that, like Reggie Jackson's cheap, and in close games he plays the minutes. Um, you know, he's certainly somebody you could look at, but nothing nothing sexy here. So let's move on. We got Cleveland at Brooklyn. 225 and a half total here. Brooklyn favored by nine and a half in this game. Tristan Thompson's out. Zizek is out. And Graham is doubtful on the Brooklyn side. Let's start with Cleveland. What are we looking at here as far as the Cavs go? I mean, love probably just how bad Brooklyn is against bigs. But 7,500, his price has gone up steadily. And he's getting enough minutes where he can easily pay that off. Obviously, he can crush on a permanent basis. Soaking up all the usage. He's on my radar. I don't think he's going to be a core play of mine, but uh, he's definitely a decent play here. Nance can offer some upside in pretty much any given matchup, but I don't really want to use him here. Osman's been playing well. Um, his price tag is decent. He's probably a guy that I'd end up taking a shot on. Um, Clarkson and Sexton going up against Russell defense. I'm fine with either of them, but this is a big slate, and the only guy with a real great matchup when you – consider the possible blowout too is going to be love and the price tags not offering a huge amount of upside, but there's definitely some there. Yeah. I really don't know. Like I think Kevin love is priced where he should be. Um, Larry Nance really hasn't had that like upside game. I've been playing a lot of Osman. You know, he's been playing a lot better, um, you know, over 33 fantasy points. In four of the last six games, he's 5,500. He'd probably be the guy that I'd look at the most here, but I don't even feel great about that. So, you know, for me, I I don't know, man. I just – there's not a lot that I like here. Like, I like Kevin Love. I just – I think he's priced right where he should be. Um, I do think he has some upside. If I had to rank my Cleveland exposure, it'd probably be Love, Osman, Nance, and you know you could throw darts after that. But I don't think the minutes are high enough for anybody else to really throw the darts. You know, Clarkson around twenty-five to thirty minutes. You know, Sexton's minutes go from twenty-nine to thirty-five. So maybe Sexton would be the fourth guy. But that's really all I got on the Cleveland side. Yeah, I guess we also could go with the narrative of Clarkson playing against his old teammate Russell, but that's really irrelevant here <laughs> all right what are we looking at uh, on the brooklyn side um in this type of matchup i don't hate lavert he's getting enough minutes here um his price tag just 5400 and going up against a bad team as cleveland is if this game does stay close and he ends up 27 minutes i could potentially see him having a decent game here allen not a terrible matchup but he's just not getting a huge amount of minutes lately i don't know if i really want to go there i get that last two games were blowouts and he could end up with 27 to 30 minutes here but yeah never mind i guess his price tag is 4700 i have a little bit of interest in allen but he's probably not the best play on the slate russell 7900 any game he can end up going off for enough to just absolutely destroy especially against a bad uh cleveland defensive team so Russell and Lavert are the two guys that I'd go with. And if you really need some salary savings, Allen, you can hope for the minutes and you'll be fine. But uh, no one else really pops off the page. Yeah, I'll be honest. You know, I've said this a bunch about Brooklyn recently. With all these guys healthy, I, I really don't see much here. Um, 
you know, we, we, we know Graham's doubtful and, you know, Kirk's played 24 minutes the other night in a start. He'd probably be the guy that I'd lean towards the most at 3,500 if I was going to play anybody from Brooklyn. But when this team's healthy, it's, it's really tough to trust anybody here. Um, yeah, you know, Russell has upside, but his upside's a little bit more limited now that Dinwiddie's back, um, Lavert's back. Like, it, it's just a spot, like, if Allen was playing more minutes, I think I'd be interested. But, you know, for the most part, I think Kirk's is really the only guy um, that I have interest in here, just knowing that Graham's probably not going to play and he's going to start again. Yeah, yeah, I don't mind that. But there's a lot of cheap guys on the slate. so No, I definitely them. agree. You know, we're going to talk about, um, you know, some games that <laughs> there are a lot of cheap guys. So uh, moving on, San Antonio at Atlanta. No total in this one. Potal is questionable. And then on the Atlanta side, Collins is questionable. Deadman's doubtful and Spellman's out. Plumley's out. Um, let's start with San Antonio. What are we looking at here on the Spurs? I mean, almost everyone. It's up against Atlanta. We don't have a total here. We're probably not going to have a whole lot of big men. Maybe Potal gets a little bit extra run here and he could easily crush his 4,300 price to wait. See, did you say he was out? Sorry. Total? Yeah, he, he's yeah. he's questionable. All right, sorry, I didn't see that when I was going through the beginning. All right, so if he plays, then he's not the worst play in the world. Um, White, Gay, LMA, and DeRozan are all very much in play. It's going up against Atlanta. DeRozan's price tag is probably a little bit low considering the matchup. LMA's price tag is probably a little bit low considering the matchup and the lack of depth they really have with the big men. So LMA and DeRozan are by far my two favorite guys, but Gay could easily crush here, and White has just been playing fantastic lately, and his price tag's probably not as high as it should be, especially going against Trey Young defense here. So if I had to rank them, I'd probably go DeRozan, LMA, and then White probably, but it's it's not really a huge differentiator between the three of them in this matchup. Yeah. You know, I, I played DeRozan the other night. His price got down to the point where, like, it, at 7,700, he was, like, a guy I had to play. I think DeRozan is probably my favorite, you know, in this matchup against Atlanta. I think LMA is certainly in play. I think White's certainly in play. You know, obviously, like, White's minutes have come back now that, you know, he's still 5,400. He has 30-plus point upside, so he's a nice little value play. Um you know, really got to pay attention to the Potal situation. Uh, obviously, you know, he, if he sits, it could open up some minutes, uh, maybe for Bertans or somebody. So just got to kind of watch and see how that is, you know, kind of plays out. It's a matchup with Atlanta, you know. You got to got to be a little excited about a matchup with Atlanta. As far as Atlanta goes, all these big men questionable. Alex Lynn just burned the world, um, you know, the other night against Miami. What are we doing with Atlanta? I mean, I'm playing Alex Lynn. I don't care. Um, doesn't really matter to me what happened the other night. Don't just give into a one-game sample size. They have almost no depth, or they really have no depth for big men here. And, I mean, they're probably going to end up having to go pretty small here. Um, Trey Young is always in play, especially if Collins ends up missing is really what matters here. If he is out, then uh, Young should get some more usage here. Um, Baysmore is in play. Prince is in play. Len is pretty close to a lock for me. Benbury is in play and should get some extra minutes here. But this is just an interesting situa situation where they don't have any real big men outside of Lynn. 
And if Lynn gets into some foul trouble, they're going to have to go super small if this game somehow stays close, um, which San Antonio has been absolutely terrible, terrible on the road. So I think that this game's actually going to stay close here. So Trey Young's in play for me. Lynn's close to lock. Prince, Bembry, and yeah, Bazemore I'm going to be using throughout my lineups because someone's going to have to do something. Like it's pretty much a guarantee considering Atlanta playing at such a huge pace, so bad on defense, and uh, San Antonio not being a great defensive team this year, and their trouble on the road. So this is there, there's going to be pretty much a requirement that you have at least one Atlanta guy in your lineup if this game stays close to win a tournament tomorrow, I think. Yeah, you know, obviously the center situation. If Collins ends up playing, I do think Lynn's still interesting if Deadman doesn't play. I think that would, you know, force people off of Alex Lynn. And I don't know if that's the right move if Collins, you know, still ends up playing. So be interesting to see how that affects it. I do, ex- they expect Prince back. Um, you know, I expect him to just come right back and play his normal amount of minutes. So I think Prince is really interesting at 4,500 as far as just upside goes, right? Like, this is a guy that can go for 30 plus in this matchup. And, you know, he just had a baby. So, like, baby narrative game. Yeah. Yeah. Got to show off for his kid that can't actually see shapes right now. Apparently, the babies can't see shapes in the first few weeks of their life. Did not know that before. That's a little, little knowledge for you people. But yeah, Prince, Bazemore both have huge upside in this type of matchup here, considering all the injuries. And yeah, I should preface by saying that if Collins plays, it's still. It changes things up a little bit, um, but Lynn is just going to be in play regardless. Yeah, if Deadman sits, like if Deadman and Collins plays, then you can get away from Alex Lynn. I think so. Yeah, I just assumed Deadman was out because he because of the doubtful tag. Was that a cough or a dog? That was me coughing on. Um, <laughs> yeah, like dying over here. Um, Philadelphia, Chicago, 227 total. Philly favored by six in this game. Embiid is doubtful. Bolden is questionable. Boban's still out. Wendell Carter Jr. out on the Chicago side. Let's start with Philly. It's a back-to-back for Philadelphia. All these big men are all, you know, still questionable. They don't expect Embiid to play again. Uh, Bolden, they said, is questionable. You know, Boban could play here. What are we looking at here on Philadelphia? I mean, if Boban plays, then... I don't care if he's coming off an injury. It's Boban, and he'll be starting. He already rolled out. Yeah, Boban, I'm pretty sure. Sorry, I thought you just said Boban might play. Oh, you meant Bolden. I got really confused there. My bad. All right, that makes a lot more sense. I thought he was out, but I thought there was something I was missing there. And it's interesting because they're on a back-to-back, but honestly, I think that Simmons, Butler, and Harris will all still play a large amount of minutes here, and... I don't think a back-to-back will affect these guys that much. So all these guys are still very much in play here. Redick uh, did well last night, but honestly just got off to a hot night shooting. I don't think I'm going with him, even against a not-great Chicago defensive team. You didn't Mike... listen to the podcast yesterday. Hmm? J.J. Redick always crushes Orlando. Yeah. Well, he started off the night, what, 7th and nine shooting? That's right, because he gets pumped up to play Orlando. That's 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 fair. That is fair, and I did not listen. I was traveling yesterday a little bit, but that's fine. Uh, I'm messing with you a little bit. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> In any case, uh, is Amir Johnson gonna play? Tomorrow? He played. Um, he played. I know he played today. Twenty minutes. Yeah, that's the thing. He played twenty minutes yesterday, and it's on back to back. He's still coming back from being sick. 
I don't know if he. I expect a decent amount of people to go on him, even on a back-to-back here, just because of his price tag. But he's still viable at thirty-one hundred. Although he's not someone I really want to play here. Mike Scott, I think, is probably the better play. Um, he had twenty-eight minutes in the last game. He had thirty-two the game before. I could see him being getting a decent amount of minutes if Bolden misses. If Bolden ends up playing, then it's probably a cross-off for those three guys to me. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Like all the core guys, Simmons, Butler, and Harris are all very much in play here. Um, yeah, and, and you know, to note, you know, Mike Scott played twenty eight minutes. Uh, Jonathan Simmons played twenty six minutes. So you know, you got to kind of pay attention to the situation here. If Bolden sits again, you know, I think that you know, you could look at potentially maybe playing Amir Johnson or Jonathan Simmons or Mike Scott. So the studs are the studs. Simmons and Tobias um, are the studs here. And, um, you know, it's a matchup with Chicago. So I, I think they come out and they win, win this game. I don't think it's going to be anything that's crazy. So what are we looking at here as far as the Bulls go? You know, marketing has been, you know, stellar uh, for the most part over the last, you know, month. Uh, what are we looking at on the Bulls? I might not play anyone. I mean, they're they're also on a back-to-back here. Could be a sloppy game, and any one of them could value. Um, say Porter is the most like Porter or Markinen are the two most likely suspects for me. Um, but neither of them really jump off the page uh, here. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little bit wor- too worried about the back-to-back here. But there's so many good plays, and this is such a big slate that I don't really need feel the need to take a chance on any of these guys. So I might not play any Chicago guys outside of a potential game stack just because there are a few viable guys over on Philly. Yeah. Nothing like stands out to me as far as price too. Markin and Levine, all these guys are priced kind of where they should be. I think if I end up playing anybody here, it, it would probably end up being Otto Porter or, you know, I played Lopez on um, Tuesday and I think we can continue to play him like, it's just he's obviously risky on a back-to-back, but if they say he's good to go as far as, like, playing in this game, you know, he's played a back-to-back towards the end of February and played 31 and then played 27 minutes. So I think Robin Lopez at 5K would be probably my favorite play from the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just going to play so much Alex Lynn and I'm just going to hate myself. But I guess he's in playoff for me over on Fantasy Draft. Utah at New Orleans. We have a 231.5 total here. Utah favored by 3.5. Exum and Nato is out. Um, Okafor is questionable on the New Orleans side. You know, obviously, you look at the spot for the Utah Jazz. It's a good matchup on paper. They get one of the biggest pace bumps on the entire slate. Their implied total is the second highest on the slate. Uh, what are we looking at here on the Jazz? I mean, everyone's going to look at this game because they just played it a few days ago um, and probably go off of that. But I think because of how Mitchell did in the last matchup, I think it is a fine play here. Go bear. I'll definitely end up playing. Obviously we'd get some news that Anthony Davis might sit or we could get news. They might sit and then he ends up playing and then and any number of things could happen with new Orleans, but I'm not going to get into that because I'll just get too angry. In any case, Mitchell very much in play. Go bear very much in play. I don't hate Crowder here. Obviously, he had a good game the last one, but he's been playing decent the last month. And his price tag's gone up a little bit. 
but he still has some upside here. He doesn't stand out. It was one of the best plays at price tag on the slate, but he's definitely got some GPP upside here. Favors, I don't really like his price tag anymore. He's obviously played great lately, and this is a good matchup, but I don't think I'm going to end up going there. It's mostly just Mitchell, Gobert, and Crowder for me. Yeah, I think the only other guy that I kind of – I don't ever feel good about mentioning this guy, but Kyle Korver is the other guy that I think I'd mention here. You know, ever since NATO uh, got hurt again, you know, Korver's minutes have been up and they've been rising, rising, rising. So I, I think Kyle Korver, you know, is a guy you could potentially look at here in an uptick pace matchup, um, you know, potentially getting some shots up. So – Corver would be the only other guy that I'd mention from the Jazz. Gobert is my favorite. Um, I don't really love Mitchell at his price. I, I think we we talked about some guys in this price range way, way back at the beginning um, in that Washington-Dallas game that I think I'd play before I played Mitchell today. But, you know, obviously Donovan Mitchell's in play. It's just when you're making one lineup, I don't think he makes the cut for me today. It, as, far as, as far as the Pelicans go... Like you said, they just played this game. What are we looking at here as far as the Pelicans? I don't know. I guess it de- depends who plays. I mean, if Davis sits, if Okafer's out, then um, Diallo is probably the guy that I ended up looking at. I think Randall's in play regardless. Um, and he doesn't stand out as a great play, but he stands out as a pretty darn good play here. It's not a great matchup, but we obviously saw him put up 50. Um, last time they played – and he's been putting up decent numbers lately. He's been getting the minutes here. So Randall's in play no matter what outside of him. I don't know. I guess I I just have to wait and see who ends up playing or if any news comes out tomorrow. But Davis potentially at 6,700, even though he might only get 22 minutes here, he can still beat his price tag pretty handily in that amount of time. But it's probably not a great idea. Um, I don't think I'm going Kenrich. It, it's. I don't think I'm going with Peyton. So it's it's really just Randall and Delio, Dalio, whatever his name. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, it's kind of where I was at too. Like, you know, Anthony Davis can crush at this price tag even in 20 minutes, but I don't think I trust it still. Um, he had to get a lot of steals and blocks the other night in this game to get there. It's really tempting, but I don't know if I end up doing it. Uh, gonna have to pay attention to see if we get any injury news here as well. Um, all right, New York at Phoenix, two twenty-five total here. You know, Phoenix favored by four in this game. Kadeem Allen, Mario Hazonia, Frank Lakina is all out, and then DeAndre Jordan is questionable. And on the Phoenix side, TJ Warren's still out. Uh, let's start with New York. Good luck, Grant. Good luck. I mean, most guys are in play. Most guys are probably not. No one's a cash game play in reality there. Um, Maybe if Jordan's out, you can still roll with Mitchell Robinson. Obviously, he didn't have a great game in the last game. He only ended up with 19 minutes here, but he still is a guy that can end up with seven blocks in 25 minutes here. So uh, Mitchell Robinson, if DeAndre Jordan is out, he's in play. DSJ. I don't know if this is the right slate for his price tag and him playing about 28, 29 minutes a night here. Um, He can still beat it pretty handily, especially in a matchup against Phoenix. Vonley, if Jordan's out, you can hope for the best and hope he actually gets minutes and crushes, but who knows if that'll happen. Um, So just be ready for 
either a 35 or a 12 point outing. In either case, you're probably going to be ecstatic or throw your computer through a wall. So the, the cost could be pretty, pretty heavy. Um, yeah. So really, if Jordan's out, then Mitchell Robinson's in play. I think DSJ is in play regardless, but he's not a guy that would have too much ownership in. Playing anybody from the Knicks is a straight gamble. Um, you can't trust anybody from this team right now. You can't trust the coach. Can you play people from this team? Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, you talked about a lot of them. You know, it's just – I just, man, it is so hard to click anybody's name from the Knicks. Like, we got news the other night that DeAndre Jordan's out. Oh, let's play Mitchell Robinson, you know. And, obviously, he got in foul trouble and – you know, it, it. You know, he only played 19 minutes. So, I will say, if DeAndre Jordan sits, Mitchell Robinson against DeAndre Ayton sounds like a fun matchup. Um, it's really risky, obviously, because of the minutes and the fouls. But I think I would roll the dice maybe on Robinson. But it, trusting anybody from the Knicks right now is just impossible. So, you know, obviously, you have to approach them with the with the mindset of uh, these guys are straight tournament plays. You know. Out of nowhere, Dotson started playing minutes again. It's just, yeah. Um, Phoenix side, what are we looking at here for the Suns? I mean, it's a matchup versus the trash Knicks. Game's projected at a three-point spread right now. Um, I'm like Booker, Aiton, Ubre, and Johnson are all pretty good plays here. I know Johnson hasn't been fantastic lately, and he's had a few games where he played under 30 minutes, but. He's still a decent value here at 5,200, and I don't mind the play at all considering the matchup here. Ubre's obviously crushed at random spots lately. Aiden's crushed at random spots lately. And Booker can crush in any given spot. It's the Knicks, so if the game's going to be close, any one of these guys can go off, and I'll sprinkle them throughout my lineups. Um, Yeah, you know, you pretty much talked about everything I was going to talk about here. You know, I think you can look at... I think you can look at Booker. I think you can look at Aiden. I think you can look at Ubre. Outside of that, though, when you get start going down, like you know, Tyler Johnson is interesting at his price, knowing that he's going to play minutes in this matchup. But nothing else really standing out to me. Jackson's back in the doghouse. Um, that's kind of it. Let's move on. Boston has Sacramento. Um, Two twenty nine total here. Boston favored by one. Bagley's out. Uh, Boston is playing as we're recording, but they're smashing the Golden State Warriors. Uh, what are we looking at here on Boston? And I'm so mad, Grant, that oh, I have zero exposure to Gordon Hayward on Gordon Hayward night. Oh, yeah, you and me both. And I, gosh. And I had him in one of my lives for a little bit. I'm like, no, that's just stupid. Why would you do that, Grant? And so I didn't. And i got to assume that a lot of people are going to go right back to the well here, even on a back-to-back. Um, at 3,900, considering the guy just put up 52 as of this moment right now, there's three minutes left in the game. I don't think any of the stars are getting back into it. And I would be a little bit more worried on a back-to-back here if they wouldn't have sat pretty much their entire starting lineup in the fourth quarter here. So that's not going to affect them nearly as much. It's a matchup against Sacramento. Obviously plays at a huge pace here. I'd say the three guys that I'm most likely to go with are going to be Kyrie, who I like, but I don't love. Honestly, I'd rather pay up a little bit more for Beal. I'd rather probably pay a little bit less for Luka, but he's right there, and I'll definitely end up with some ownership in him. Um, Horford, a guy I really like here. He didn't do much 
tonight or the last night, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, but his price tag is still not bad. And considering the matchup, I like him. Tatum's fine, but I don't know if I'll end up going there. And Hayward at 3,900, if he does end up crushing again, which every once in a while when he does, he ends up crushing for a few more nights straight. So I'm willing to just go with it here. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's Kyrie, it's Horford, and it's Hayward. But the back-to-back does worry me a little bit. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if Hayward sits. Um where did the 16 shot attempts come from from Gordon Hayward, a guy that obviously hasn't been shooting a ton recently and, you know, a guy that I love playing and I'm so like I said I'm still so mad like you know, it was February 12th the last time he had double digit shot attempts and that was only 11. So, um just an unexpected game for Gordon Hayward here. Don't know if I'd chase it. I think they're going to be pretty careful with him minutes-wise on the back-to-back. You know, he ended up still only he still he still ended up playing 28 minutes in that game. Um, so I'm a little concerned about just Gordon Hayward in general here. I do like the spot for Al Horford. Only played 22 minutes on Tuesday night. They didn't really need him. I think this is a spot that Horford has a nice little bounce-back game, and um, you know, the matchup is really really good for him. So as far as the Kings go. You know, our boy Harry Giles got ejected the other night uh, for, man, I still can't believe he got ejected. But what are we looking at here as far as Sacramento goes? I'll go with Giles. I'll absolutely go with him. I think him, WCS are both in play. Um, Fox and Hyde are fine. Uh, they're not great plays, but they're all right plays. Uh, Bogdanovich is one of the guys I'll be looking at in Barnes, but I don't really know if there's too many guys I really want to go with here. I mean, it, it, it's probably just Giles and WCS, and that's that's really the two guys I want to end up going with. But they're better plays at their position at slightly cheaper price tags where I don't know if they'll end up making it into too many of my lineups. I'm going to keep playing Buddy Heald. Um, you know, the ceiling is massive for this guy. When he starts getting hot, you know, he's he's shooting the ball really well right now. It's a tough matchup with Boston, but it is a back-to-back for Boston, so that, that makes me feel a little bit better about it. And you know, he's a guy that has 50-point upside. He's done it three out of the last five games. He's only 7,200 on DraftKings. I'm just gonna keep playing him. Um, people like he continues to be low-owned every single night, and I'm just I'm not gonna stop playing him now. So I really like this spot for Buddy Heald. Um, certainly somebody that I'm looking at here, you know, running it back with Horford and uh, getting a little exposure to this game. That should be a pretty good game. Yeah. yeah, I don't mind that at all. All right, last game on the slate, Denver at LA taking on the Lakers. No total in this one uh, because the whole Lakers team is questionable to show up in this game. Lyles is out. Ball is out. Kuzma's out. Ingram's questionable. Chandler's questionable. Stevenson is questionable. Whew. Um, Let's start with Denver. What are we looking at here as far as the Nuggets go? If everyone's out, pretty much everyone's in play. Um, Joker is probably going to draw a decent matchup against the likes of McGee and a hodgepodge of other guys. If uh, Chandler is ruled out here, so Joker, I don't know if he's the best spend up up on the slate, but he's definitely a darn good one here. Millsap, his price tags up high enough where – I don't really have a huge desire to play him. Um, he could do fine, but I'm, I'm willing to just not really go with that. Murray and Barton's price tags in this type of matchup are pretty good, so I think both of them are very much in play. Plumley, if he ends up getting 20-plus minutes, which potentially with 
the Lakers' injuries to everyone, he could end up doing. Um, I think that Plumlee is potentially in play as a GPP play and just 4,200. But, I mean, a lot of it depends on who's out for the Lakers and how many bodies they actually have tomorrow. So um, most of these good Denver guys are in play, but no one really stands out as a fantastic play outside of Joker. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, I like Murray a lot against San Antonio the other night. I, I worry about this game staying close. <laughs> you know, I hate to say that, but I know LeBron is LeBron. But, man, the Lakers, like, they just don't look great right now. Um, I don't hate Jokic in this spot. Certainly think he's in play. Don't hate Millsap or Murray. You know, I, I really like Barton the other night against the Spurs. And, you know, he didn't have a big game. But I think a big game is coming from him. So I really don't mind Barton in, in tournaments here. As far as the Lakers go, obviously this one's really tough the night before. Not knowing what's going to happen. We know that you know Reggie Bullock is going to play his minutes here. Um, he's really cheap. If if Ingram and Kuzma end up both – like if Ingram ends up sitting with Kuzma, then like we're probably looking at like Josh Hart if Stevenson doesn't play. Like – you know, try to give me your best thoughts here on the Lakers night before. I mean, if Stevenson and Ingram are both out, then Hart's a fantastic play at 3,300. And um, not quite a lock and load because obviously anything can happen. This game could potentially not stay close. But if both those guys are out, then Hart becomes a fantastic play. Um, if Stevenson is in but Ingram is out, then Stevenson at 3,300 becomes a fantastic play here. McGee. If Chandler's out, he should get enough minutes to really pay off his $3,700 price tag. So depending on who's out here, they could offer a whole bunch of value. I think that LeBron is a great play if you stack up this game a little bit, just because I'm worried a little bit about the blowout here and if he's going to get a whole lot of minutes. But with everyone out here and all the offensive players who are not going to be in the game, LeBron becomes a guy that's just going to get all the usage in the world. And I mean, he hasn't been fantastic, or he wasn't fantastic in the last game but he still has 70-plus point upside in this type of matchup when you consider all the potential guys that are going to be out here. Um, Rondo, huge upside. Not that bad of a price tag. It's obviously up quite a bit from the last game, but that's because he put up 16. He's put up 48 and three out of the last four games. Rondo can put up a dud at any time, but I don't really think this is the spot here. Rondo's one of the better plays at 6K on the entire slate, but this could be, depending on how many guys we – learn about getting ruled out or not um this could be just massive and if we don't get news before lock over on dk there's so many low priced guys and there's so many high priced guys in this game um with them not starting that long after the second to last game you could potentially throw uh a whole bunch of guys from the I guess, Sacramento and Boston game, and then switch it over depending on what happens with the Lakers. So be ready to change some stuff based on what news we end up getting and what news is still to come. <laughs> um, so pretty much what Grant said is good luck. Um, <laughs> not necessarily. Like, you know, if you don't get news here, you can take some chances, but, you know, there are, there are a bunch of different ways you can go, you know, especially on fantasy draft, um, you know, taking some chances, maybe – Maybe necessarily not on like Hart or Stevenson or somebody, but maybe like a McGee or Bullock or something like that. Like, you know, LeBron's usage is going to be insane in this game. 
Uh, obviously, they still want to make the playoffs. It's very unlikely that it happens uh, that they make the playoffs, but they still want to try to make the playoffs, I would assume. So we'll have to kind of see how this plays out, uh, but it is certainly an interesting spot. Um, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Um, give me your favorite game to go over or under. Um, Sacramento versus Boston go under. All right. Loving that back-to-back Boston action. Uh, Detroit, I'm going to take the under in that game as well. Give me your favorite play under 5K that you got for 7X today. I mean, I guess McGee. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll take McGee. I'm going to take Kyle Korver. He's going to be my contrarian play today. I already see it. I like it. I like how neither of us went with Len. Well, yeah, we don't like being chalky in this game. We try to stay away from being chalky, right? Um, give me your over 8K to under 5X play. Um, shoot, this one's a little bit... I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go with Kemba. All right. Um, I'm going to say... Man, there's not like one person that I like hate up in this range today there's not like a guy that i like oh i'm not playing him um i think the least likely guy to get there on this slate is probably drummond and and i don't even feel good about saying that yeah um give me your favorite 6x play who's your guy today who's your 6x guy no, I'm going super ballsy and going with Noah Vonley. Vonley, it is. The answer is really Len at 100 less, but I, I wanted to go off the board. Uh, give me Derek White to go 6x on this slate. I, I really like White. Nice. That's what I was thinking about, too. There you go. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Again, be cognizant of what is going to happen in the Lakers game. And if you're building one or two lineups over on DraftKings and they're in tournaments, then my advice to you is just to kind of like have your outs and have your changes that you can possibly make. Because if we don't get news before lock, then you could have a potentially huge advantage with all the value plays and with the two studs there in that game if the game does stay close. That is for sure. On that note, we're going to get out of here for this Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more basketball. Good luck in your contest, and we will see you again on Thursday. Thank you.